You don't want to miss today's podcast. We're going to look back at the wild market that October 2020 presented to us, and we're going to look back at the election. It's post-election day. We're untangling financial issues. Welcome to Your Finances Untangled with Mo Parag. Hopefully you can tell from this conversation that I am I, I take things very seriously, but I'm laid back. Mo is a financial advisor and partner with Cloudvestor. You may want to do some reallocations based off how you're currently invested. This podcast addresses financial issues for all ages, from those just starting out up to retirees. It's Your Finances Untangled. Untangling your finances. That's what Mo Param does. Mo Param with Cloudvestors, a fiduciary firm. You can learn more at cloudvestors.com. And untangling your finances is what Mo does on every one of these podcasts. We really appreciate you checking it out, downloading. We hope you rate, share this podcast. Consumer advocate Dave Perkins here. This is a snapshot podcast <laughs> uh, forever frozen in time. Just like the mummified remains they find uh, frozen in ice for thousands of years. This is going to be here. But it actually, we cannot ignore the subject matter of the day we're recording. We're recording this podcast on November 4th, 2020, the day after Election Day. So Mo is devoting the podcast to looking back at the markets of October and all the volatility and taking a look at where we are on this day of recording, November 4th. 2020. Hi, Mo. <laughs> hey, Dave. What an intro. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I wanted to make it sound all official, and it has oh. been, well, it, you know, it's been a crazy year, and it's oh my gosh, a crazy it, month, and it totally has been crazy volatility in the markets and that's how we're opening up the podcast looking back at october and it was just a wild ride just a couple of weeks ago we saw a day where the market uh, the market uh, the dow dropped like over 900 points and you know then it's come back but let's look back at october and maybe what caused all the volatility that we saw in the month of october how about this if you could touch on this mo how did the lack of a, a second stimulus affect the markets Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you think about how the market has performed uh, just year to date, uh, we've seen some strong performances in different sectors. And in my opinion, and if you do some research and you can see um, where I'm coming from with this, a lot of the market has been just upheld by really federal intervention with the stimulus and uh, with a few handful of mega cap companies like your Amazons, your your Apples, your Googles, these large tech companies that really dragged and uh, made some of these indexes look more positive than they really have been. So if you peel back the onion and really look at the, let's just look at a benchmark like the S&P 500 and really look down and, and dig deep at over 90% of the companies in the S&P 500 aren't doing that well. So earlier this year, when when the stimulus package um, was distributed and uh, the government decided to buy a lot of corporate bonds for the first time, that really held the, 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 the economy up. And so when some of these stimulus package, when some of these uh, stimulus efforts were expiring or were set to expire, I guess it was a kind of a preconceived notion that there was going to be another round of stimulus being sent out and yeah. given out, whether it was increased unemployment, whether it was another $1,200 check or, you know, anything all of in the between. above, maybe. all of the above, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I think, I think there was a, a thought around everyone that there was going to be some type of package 
that was going to be agreed upon. Well, that didn't happen. And yeah. that still hasn't happened as as uh, as we're recording today. So as we got as we got closer to election day, it just became a sure a reassure that there was going to be no stimulus package until after election day. No political party wanted to take that take that stance so close to the election. So that being said, it caused a lot of volatility in the market. It just wasn't there. Everything that people were crossing their and investors were crossing their fingers on and hoping that was going to happen just didn't happen. And we just saw, and as a result, we saw you know the S and P five hundred lost almost three percent. Dow Jones, like you mentioned, took a beating. Nasdaq, which is the the tech companies or the tech index I was mentioning before, they took a beating as well. So you really couldn't find much gain elsewhere. Uh, you know, small cap uh, really started to see some. A little bit of a rise, which which actually is a good thing when we start seeing um, different parts of the market start to uh, really uh, pull themselves out. But overall, uh, October was just a uh, was just a ride that we were hoping that we wouldn't see, but we saw it. Yeah, we did, and and we did see it before the election uh, starting to recover. But just a question that I have because uh, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago we saw that day that was just really bad. And w- when it's a day like that, of course, when you go online and pull up any stories, they all have those stock photos of the somebody on Wall Street with their hand in their forehead, you know, or their forehead in their hand, <laughs> looking down. But what happens when it's a bad day? Can you give us a glimpse of what's going on? Because, you know, you also see all the people screaming and you wonder how anybody knows what anyone's saying. But what is happening behind the scenes that makes a bad day a bad day? Yeah, what's really what's going on behind the scenes that that makes a bad day a bad day is really sell-offs. What what we're seeing is money is moving out of the market. Um, well, it's being shifted because mm-hmm. it's never really moving. It's just going from you know one sector, one asset class to another. So when you when you look at the S and P five hundred, for instance, which is the uh, five hundred largest companies by market share, uh, market cap capitalization in the US, uh, if you see that index going down, what it's saying is that people, investors, whether they're institutional investors or retail investors, like your like your individual who's just buying uh, and investing in a the market, they're moving their money. They're selling their they're selling their positions out of these indexes or these certain stocks. And where they're putting it, they could put it in cash. Maybe they're repositioning it somewhere else. Uh, but money is just moving at a rapid speed from the market. It's almost like everybody's and, on the same page that day, you know, when it's so drastic like that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um, it's almost a herd, herd effect, a herd mm-hmm. mentality where if you, you know, if you if you start looking at the ticker symbols at the bottom of the screen, at the bottom of your screen, or you know, you you turn on your CNBC or your Fox Business News or wherever you or wherever you get your information from when it comes to to investment world, you, we start to see a reactionary position where if if one index is going up, then we you tend to just kind of see that um, repeated action. More money starts flowing in, but sometimes when you start seeing on the same side. Uh, when the market is going down, you start seeing a rapid movement in that same in, in that same aspect. So between the institutional investors that are that are that are selling their positions in portfolios or individual investors, it's kind of that herd mentality when when we start to see yeah. the market move in the same way. 
We're looking at and we're recording post-election day 2020. So election jitters and the effect that that had on the volatility in October. Uh, what's everyone looking at that gives them the jitters? Is it is it polls? Because now I don't even know that we can rely on polls anymore. I mean, what <laughs> what are they jittery about with the election specifically? <laughs> yeah, I was actually uh, <laughs> listening to the radio this morning and they were saying, is this the end of polling nowadays? It could, it or could be. It could be, you know, some of these polls just just missed the mark. Mm -hmm. And uh, as of just recording today, we still have uh, a few states that are still unsettled when it comes to their counting. And these are crucial swing states. Um, you know, we have Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin um, that could take days for them to to finish their counting. What's giving the jitters is just really what not knowing. The not, the not knowing, yeah. you know, the not knowing. And I tend to say, you know, the market is the, the market overall doesn't really I want to say doesn't really care. But no matter who wins, the market will react. Right. They're going to react. Well, it's yeah. going to react. It's going to rebalance. You're going to see reallocations. But no matter who wins, different sectors um, will outperform or, you know, different sectors weigh heavily, you know, are favor Trump or favor Biden. And the market will just react accordingly. The unease of not knowing right, right. Um, is 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 causing a lot of people to jitter, especially investors. They don't know where to invest or how to invest. And also when it comes to the big picture, I think taxes are something that's gonna be that's on people's minds. And a lot of our clients, when we were speaking with them during our uh during starting our fourth quarter review, since it was so close to the election, we're asking, you know, what what are our strategies for at least taxes or really what are our strategies when it comes to the election? And without making any uh, major changes to clients counts, we were talking about the, the impact of taxes. If the incumbent wins and, and Trump and Trump wins, you can expect that the tax situation that we're in right now will stay the same. There's no really need to change uh, where we are right now tax-wise. If he wins, there's no really a, a incentive for him to make any changes on that aspect. Uh, maybe the only thing that really he he may want to do is uh, really make these the the the, uh, the changes that he made to the tax code maybe make them permanent as as opposed to just making them sunset at 2025. But you could you could imagine that he's just he's probably not going to make major changes to the tax uh, to the tax code. But if Biden wins, you know, his tax his tax plan is something that, especially if you are have taxable accounts or if you're a high net worth individual, you may want to really consider ma uh, making some changes to your report, or at least at least understanding or at least understand what his proposed tax plan could do to your overall assets. And speak with your financial advisor if you don't have one, uh, find one that can help you navigate certain options that you might want to consider if Biden does win. Because he does have a, I don't want to use the word radical, but it, it is a significant difference. I mean, he wants to raise taxes for certain individuals eliminate step up in basis. I mean, that's, that's huge for individuals that are inheriting assets. Uh, and I'm just, that's just two that I'm just naming off the top of my head, um, you know, increasing capital gains tax. So there's a lot of things that, you know, if Biden wins, as far as planning is concerned, tax planning is something that you definitely want to make sure that you are considering once we get some clarity on who wins this election.
And again, to remind you that this is a snapshot podcast recorded the day after the election. And there's actually, when you look back at October, there's really no surprise that we had the volatility we had. We've already covered uh, covered. there was no new stimulus. Uh, there were there were hopes for that. Uh, election jitters, no big shock there. And then a COVID spike oh. in, in lots of states and actually around the world and fear of future lockdowns. Uh, that's another reason for the volatility. Yeah, just when you thought um, we had some type of um, control, if you want to call it, on on um, on Corona and COVID, we saw a spike in in Europe, and uh, actually here in the U.S. as well. Uh, but we saw a spike in the U.S. Uh, about over ninety thousand per day were infected with uh, with COVID, and we saw countries in Europe orient some type of lockdown measures and that really freaked people out uh because there, there's some indications if you look at where we are in relation to europe some models show that we're about four weeks to five weeks behind europe so whatever happening in europe when it comes to COVID, expect those same results to happen in the u.s but a month later so when these when we were when we were looking at these uh, spikes in in uh, in Europe, there's fears that that's going to cross the pond and the U.S. is going to experience the same type of increases as uh, as Europe is seeing. And you know, for a lot of interested individuals here in the U.S. are saying that they're not the U.S. Does, does not want to have any form of a lockdown, any form of a shutdown again, as we saw earlier this year. That we can't have two of those again. We can't have sorry. We can have two of those um, in the same year. I mean, that will just cripple the economy even even further. So uh, we saw some actually some treatments uh, that were put on pause, restarted again. We actually started seeing some uh, progress made in some late stage trials um, with some of these drug companies to combat COVID. So. Even though we saw some spikes, we did see some positive news where we saw remdesivir. I always have a, uh, a hmm. it's just a tongue twister, remdesivir. <laughs> yeah. But actually, that actually did see uh, and get FDA approval last month. So that's a positive sign. I, as we and, and we'll go forward momentarily and looking at where we are today, where the markets are today. But if if you could, in closing, looking at October, if you could just sum it up, how it may represent possibly 2020, but not 2021, but just give us a synopsis of October and the volatility. I think October overall was a, in the, the month itself was a, was a insight on what 2020 has been overall for the year. You know, we had spikes in COVID. We had unrest with the government when it comes to aid and uh, giving to the citizens. And we had um, we had some good reporting, good earning, good earning reports from certain companies in the S&P 500. But overall, it just wasn't enough. The stimulus, uh, the uncertainty of the stimulus, we knew that this was an election year. So there was going to be volatility in the market regardless, as it, as it is always in every election year. But we saw that again uh, spike its head in, in in October. So I think overall October just was really a uh, a microcosm of what the entire year has looked like: complete volatility, with this understanding of if we don't get any type of stimulus package, one way or another, 
we're in for a bumpy ride. How can you enjoy the best of both worlds in your financial planning? The convenience of a virtual relationship with your advisor, but also maintaining the human touch. That's CloudVestors. That's CloudVestors.com. They're an endorsed Dave Ramsey SmartVestor. That's a relationship you can trust. At CloudVestors, you get a personal relationship with one of the team advisors who will help you build a robust investment strategy. It's all about specific, customized planning for your unique situation and for wherever you are in life, whether you're just starting out or getting close to retirement. Holistic financial planning in all areas, including taxes, estate planning, insurance, cash flow, and budgeting. They even offer customized personal websites for clients. The technology of today while still maintaining that human touch. That's CloudVestors. That's CloudVestors.com. It's your finances untangled. Consumer advocate Dave Perkins with Mo Param of CloudVestors. And we are, we are recording on the day after Election Day. <laughs> so if you're listening to this in the future... Hello from the past. Hello. <laughs> I'm glad that you have all the answers on what what took place. We don't totally on the day of recording, but Mo Param looked back at the month of October and all the volatility we had. And the best we can do now, because I, my crystal ball is in the shop, Mo. How about yours? I don't know. I've uh, my a little crack in it. So does it? Some, okay. Some gorilla glue and put it together. <laughs> the best thing we <laughs> gorilla glue. That's that's good stuff though you know it that, is isn't it yeah that might fix your crystal ball but yeah we might <laughs> i might try to tap into your knowledge a little bit on where we could go with the markets because we did look back but let's look at this day in reaction to what we know or don't know about yesterday election day it's a pretty good day on wall street yeah you know the 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 jitters that some people had about, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to the stock market uh, after election day? Well, if today is an example of what we're what we have ahead of us, then we're looking pretty good. You know, as of this recording today, it's about 1:30 uh, p.m. and the you know the S and P 500 is over three percent. The Nasdaq is killing it, um, <laughs> almost at five. Uh, the Dow Jones is rebounding. And we're just having a great day in the market. We're seeing a really strong rally today, and so I think some of I think some of it it has to do with the fact that some of these states um, where we are right now, the reason why we don't some of these um, states are still counting. Yeah. And so that being said, it's the uncertainty of well, we know that uh, some of these states are still going to take days to uh, to make their uh, to make their numbers known. So while we still have some time frame, let's let's get some stimulus movement going on in the market. And I think this, I think that's what the market's reacting to. Uh, the fact that with, with the unknown still hanging in front of us, there's still opportunities in the market. Yeah, we and had a, that's what the market is showing. It is, and and we had a good rally heading into election day, counting election day. Is this in part a continuation of that, and then? some type of reaction to what we know so far on the election or is it just it can't just be a continuation of that because this is bigger than the two-day rally we had yeah yeah it's bigger than the two-day rally I, you, you know I, I think there are some individuals that um or some investors that are still seeing that m maybe there was a little bit of an overreaction 
to all the volatility. Uh, you know, we still have companies, the S&P, the companies in the S&P 500 are still reporting um, their earnings and uh, over 80% of them have positive earnings um, and eight, over 80% of them have better earnings than projected as well. So what we're starting to see uh, at least is that even though there is still instability, um, maybe there is a disconnect between Wall Street and Main Street, but at least on Wall Street side, we still have companies that are that have that have adapted, pivoted to COVID. Um, the economy has opened up and starting to open up. People have been spending. I think the lockdown, uh, the work at home economy has. I mean, the work at home environment uh, is becoming more mainstream, and people have just adapted. And I think we're starting to see that adaption uh, uh, in the market. Is the reaction too soon, in your opinion, or is it right in line? You know, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I mean, we have some portfolios that I've seen that we work with um, that are our growth and aggressive portfolios that started to take risk off the table last week. And some of those, um, again, and was it a reaction, overreaction to October? Or are they signaling and seeing things that um, they're forecasting um, th- that they see that they need to be more conservative than they currently are right now and take some risk off the table? I don't know. You know, and that's probably and that's what that's what three words that you don't ever want to say is I don't know, especially as a financial advisor. But but quite honestly, we really don't know. You know, we don't know if there's if if they're. Well, if I'd rather you say that and play it play it safer play safe, right yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't know i mean we really don't know if they're overreacting to the volatility from last month and uh you know because if that's the case then you know they've missed two days of of really good growth in the market of course your clients are in all stages of life and investment so obviously those who are close to retirement or in retirement they're safer <laughs> uh, so your <laughs> right. risk uh, slowly goes down as your clients age then, right? Is that risk risk goes down, but also understanding the risk you, you, you can take and the risk you should take, you know, the risk you can take is more of an emotional, you know, how much, how much risk can you actually take? You know, uh, I always say when the market's doing well, people throw a risk out the window. Oh, the market's going up, you know, like 20, 2019 when the S and P was up 30%, yeah. over 30, over 30, over 30%, so was almost 32%. And it was just rocking and rolling. I mean, I think some people just forgot the fact that, you know, there can be volatility in the market. Right. Risk really shows itself. Gravity. Down. When gravity, exactly, <laughs> when there's all of a sudden there's a 5%, 10% correction, whoa, can it, can you are, are you able to, to stomach that kind of turn? And so if you're not properly allocated uh, or have a plan, you know, it's all about having a plan, understanding that um, the market is volatile no matter where you look at it, no matter what's, what era you look at, what decade you look at, what year you look at, there's always volatility in the market, and the market always rebounds question is do you have a strategy for those times when the market does rebound and so you know so even even our clients that are retired we still they understand that uh, we've addressed those two questions how much risk can they take and how much risk should they take and that the the question about how much risk should they take is it is what we help them with absolutely emotional we can we can measure it 
and under and and project how much risk they should be taking in their portfolios. And your emotions are a lot better when you're not panicked. I was going to ask you. You mentioned that super glue. If you could put that on your crystal ball, just look ahead. So what? What could cause the next wave of volatility? Is is it the murder hornets, the asteroid, <laughs> or the zombie apocalypse? I mean, so because we've still got a little bit of 2020 left. Which I'd one? Say, I, I would say the asteroid. Okay. You know, okay. because the, the hornets and the zombies. <laughs> they seem to have the hornets under control. It's fascinating things they're doing with those hornets. Yeah, that was such a, that was like a blip in the radar. You know, it's like one day they were here, one day they were, and we're that, 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 that much of an issue. And but that asteroid, asteroid from uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday was only as big as a refrigerator. Uh, so that was the, it's the zombie apocalypse thank you mo we appreciate it thanks for joining us today <laughs> actually this this you had a difficult task here today but you did it well and that's thank a snapshot you, podcast of looking back at october and then looking at where we are november 4th 2020 the snapshot podcast and enjoyed as always mo same here dave always enjoyed the ride and uh, as always um like the podcast, share it, rate it, um, share it with your friends. Uh, we're giving great information, and uh, we'll see you next week. Here on Your Finances Untangled. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. New episodes of Your Finances Untangled are available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Mo Param nor his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.